Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Praise God. And and as we come to the sacred mass, the sacred mysteries, let's keep everybody in prayer, especially all these wildfires that are going on. We almost, I mean, our, our sister parish in Loyalty almost got decimated. But also all these fires that are raging around. Uh, I was speaking to another priest in Vacaville, which is one of the the many fires. Many of the parishioners lost their homes there as the fires raged there. And now uh, Quincy, of course, on the evacuation, and Susanville, and wherever else. And so pray all all for them. And also this ongoing COVID situation. Uh, They just, of course, uh, in, in, in our sister parish, Sierra County just shut down indoor church services there. And so we're, we're battling that. And also, if you remember, in the bigger cities where the, where the situation was already more, uh, more prevalent, their indoor services were, were cut off already weeks ago. And so they moved it outdoors. But because of the smoke of all the different fires, they had to shut down outdoor services too. So it's, this is just decimating our, our community. And many of our own person are still staying away from mass, of course, which you know, everybody makes their own prudent decisions, which is... So just pray for our community, pray for everybody affected by it. It's just, I don't know, it's so heavy. Everything's just so heavy these days. And so let's keep it, keep our eyes focused on Jesus, and our Lord will get us out of this. So let's keep everybody in prayer. So let's dive into these amazing, amazing readings. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In April of... 2012, I was still a young priest. That was my first year of priesthood. And I was finishing my degree in Rome. And 
I had the opportunity, the blessed opportunity, to have a private audience with the then Pope, Pope Benedict XVI. And it was such a great honor. I said, wow, I get, to, I get to meet the Pope. That's a big deal. And so I started asking around, what's it like? So when you have a private audience with, with, with the Pope, the Holy Father, you have about 30 seconds with him. <laughs> so I said, oh, 30 seconds, all right. So I, what am I going to say to the Pope in 30 seconds? So I started asking around people who have also met the Pope, what do you say to him? And people started saying, oh, the same answer. Holy Father, thank you. Holy Father, I'm praying for you. Holy Father, pray for me. I said, that's boring. It's boring. So I said, ah, I know what to say to him. Because if you recall, Pope Benedict, he's still alive. He's, he's, he's frail. He's in his 90s now. But our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, is German. So I said, I know. I'll impress him by speaking German. It was his birthday maybe two days before my meeting with him. So I practiced and I practiced how to say happy birthday in German. And I thought, wow, I'm going to amaze him. So I rehearsed it, I rehearsed it, I rehearsed it. And my line would be, I was practicing it. Guten Morgen, Heiliger Vater. Alles Gutesen, Gepestag. So, good morning, Holy Father, happy birthday. And I thought the moment I would say that to him, he would be so impressed with my German accent, he would give me on the spot a promotion. He would just be so amazed. Father Brian, I now make you the Cardinal Archbishop of Los Angeles or something. You know, he'd be so amazed by my German, so stunned. And then the day comes. So whenever you have an audience with the Pope in the Vatican, you're summoned to what's called the Portone de Bronzo the bronze gates, and you check in with a Swiss guard, you know, the, the iconic uniform the Swiss guard wear. So you go to that bronze gate, you check in, you give them your name, and then they usher you down these marble hallways. You get to a courtyard into the apostolic palace. You take an elevator straight up, and then they, they move you through these Renaissance grand rooms. I say rooms, but they're more more magnificent than just rooms and they move you through each corridor each room getting more spectacular by the moment and you feel the weight of history when you walk through Vatican City because remember at one point the Pope was the most powerful man on earth that's the kind of way you walk in there and you walk through these corridors and these marble rooms and you think, wow, emperors, kings, politicians, some of the greatest minds our civilization has ever produced walk through those same rooms. And so as you're, as you're ushering through these rooms, you finally get to the, where the room where the Holy Father is. And he's standing in the very back of the room in his white cassock flanked by his staff. And you're in his procession line to him. So, you're, so you get into the room, you're in this line, and you have your 30 seconds with the Pope. So you're getting in, you're walking, you're getting closer, closer, and I'm rehearsing my German in my head. Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen, Guten Morgen. And then all of a sudden, boom. There you are, standing in front of the Pope. 
speechless. I just, I just stood there smiling like an idiot, the Pope. I didn't say anything. Now he spoke first, speaking in English, because Paul speaks about six languages. He's, he's a brilliant man. In a very humble voice, he says, And what are you studying here in Rome, Father? I said, Oh, the Pope just asked me a question. <laughs> so I, resp- I think I responded in English. I don't know, what, whatever I said in English. And then they pushed me to the side. Okay, now you're done. <laughs> Ushered out. But oh, man, I messed up my opportunity. <laughs> But what a great privilege. Why such the big deal meeting the Pope? You see in our readings today why. When you read all the Gospels, the four Gospels, the number one person mentioned, of course, is guess who? Jesus, of course. Jesus is the number one person mentioned in all the Gospels. The second person mentioned most is who? Who would you guess? Peter, and you began to see why in this powerful gospel from Matthew 16. Jesus now is with the disciples. And remember, we have to look always, when you read sacred scripture, you must look at it through the lens of the first century hearers. You must imagine yourself, okay, if I was in the first century, if I was Jewish, what would I be thinking? How do I interpret what's what's being said here? Because we oftentimes, we look, and I rightly so, we look through the world, everything, through 21st century Americans. But as you know, obviously, those who were hearing Jesus today weren't 21st century Americans. They were Jewish. And there are details in the lines of Jesus, which he said here, which every first century Jew immediately would have recognized the significance. And so, it begins. Jesus is with the disciples, asks them the money question. Who do people say that I am? And they get the answers wrong. One person gets it right. Peter, you are the son of the living God. And because he answered correctly, given by this divine grace, he says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but rather my father in heaven And then, all of a sudden, here comes the huge first detail. Jesus changes the name, his name, from Simon, Barjona, to Peter. And every first century Jew would immediately recognize, whenever God changes your name, he's creating something new. Something amazing has just taken place. Think of especially the prime example of Abraham. God changed Abraham's name from Abram, which originally meant exalted father. And then at that moment when Abraham, when he calls Abraham forth, Abram changes his name to that pivotal name, Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. Because from Abraham, God would, would grow out the Jewish people. Something new. And so Jesus now says, you, Peter, that's your new name. Something new is happening. And then that next line. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now for us, what does that mean? Upon this rock, 
Ah, but for the first century Jew, they immediately would have recognized the connection. In Jerusalem, and you go there to this very day, you go to Jerusalem and you go to the remnants of the Jewish temple. It was decimated in the year 70 by the Romans, but the foundation stones over the retaining wall are still there on that temple. And you'll see pictures of this even to this day. You go to Jerusalem, and the holiest place for our Jewish brothers and sisters are just the foundation stones of this mighty temple that stood there. And if you see the images, they're, they're touching the wall, they put their prayers in the cracks of the wall, and they bow their heads in prayer. The most sacred place for the Jewish people. But in that time period, the Holy of Holies was still intact. And in the center of the Holy of Holies, so sacred that only the high priest could enter into it one time a year on the Day of Atonement. And in the center of the Holy of Holies, so you had this massive temple. In the center of the temple, the Holy of Holies. And then within the Holy of Holies, you had in the Holy of Holies what's called the Eben Sheteyach, which literally means, check this cool out detail the foundation stone the center of Jewish identity of Jewish religiosity of Jewish political life the center of the holy of holies the foundation was a rock on which the entire Jewish people revolved around was built and so now your first century Jew Jesus has just renamed Peter. And he says to him, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now do you begin to see how the first century Jews would have been listening on the, on the edge of their seats? Like, oh, we see what's happening here. And the next powerful detail. Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. What does that mean if you're a first century Jew? They would have immediately jumped back to Isaiah chapter 22. And we hear that, and that's conveniently, the church has given that reading for the first one you heard at Mass. The keys of the kingdom were given to one particular person who was, in modern parlance, would be like a prime minister of sorts. So you had the King David, who was the head of the, of the, of the kingdom of Israel, and then second in command would be the person with the keys. Here, Eliakim. And the person with the keys would exercise the authority and would rule the kingdom in place of the king. And we know that this office is a successional office. Because after Eliakim would die, the responsibility would go on to somebody else and then to somebody else. And so now with all of that background, Put it all together, all together now. Jesus, who is the true king of Israel, now appoints Peter, changes his name, the rock of which he will build his new community, his new church. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And the gates of the netherworld will never, ever destroy you meaning the church will stand forever until the end of time, until our Lord comes back. It will never die. 
will never collapse. And now enter the papacy. Pope Francis now is the reigning pope. He is our 266th successor of St. Peter. The papacy, the Catholic Church, is the longest-running institution on earth. Qualify that. Technically, the first one is the Roman, is the Japanese emperor. But that's a little island nation. The papacy and the Catholic Church is the longest-running institution in Western civilization. But that's a little island nation. The Catholic Church expands all throughout the globe. And it has constitutes every single culture, every single nation on earth. Why do I say that? You see how Jesus stays true to his promises always. Why has the Catholic Church able to last 2,000 years? Why has she outlasted all of her enemies? She's outlasted every single group which tried to persecute her. She will outlast every nation on earth. She will outlast, if you think about it, the United States. The church will always exist. Why? Because we're the smartest and we're the holiest? No, absolutely not. When you look at the history of the Catholic Church, we've had some horrible, corrupt popes. But the beauty of it now is that the rock is not built upon a human being, but rather on the grace and power of God himself. Do you see now why we desperately need God's grace? And so long as we stay on the boat, so long as we stay with our Lord and with the successor of Peter, we will never be led astray. Look at the marvelous 2,000-year track run we have. And we can say powerfully, Jesus, you're right. The gates of the the netherworld will never prevail against us. So long as we stay faithful to, to Jesus Christ and to Peter. When you go to Rome today, and I'll end here, as if this isn't lost, uh, this gets lost on us. So you go to St. Peter's Basilica. You can go actually see the very tomb of Peter himself. We have his bones still. You can literally see his bones. It's a whole, whole other story there, how we can explain how that happened. But you have the tomb, his bones of St. Peter himself. Above the tomb of St. Peter is the high altar of St. Peter's Basilica. And upon that, it's a huge, massive dome. It was designed by Michelangelo, probably the greatest artist in human history. And crowning this massive dome is the very lines that you hear today. You are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.